Experience the journey of creativity at Arty Gras Fine Arts Festival. Join us for a weekend filled with stunning masterpieces, live performances, and a celebration of artistic expression. Arty Gras brings together talented artists from around the world, transforming our festival grounds into a kaleidoscope of color and inspiration. Bring the whole family for a day of art, music, and delicious food. Arty Gras Fine Arts Festival, where creativity comes to life. Visit artygras.org for details. Welcome back to another episode of the Palm Beach North Podcast brought to you by our friends at Jupiter Medical Center. My name is Noel Martinez, President and CEO of the Palm Beach North Chamber of Commerce. You know what? Golf is a really big deal for us here in Palm Beach North. You know, it's part of who we are, right? Some people say that Palm Beach County is the golf capital of the United States. Um, and I like to say that it is, golf is a part of our fabric and it's what, one of the things that makes us specials. And with us today, we're absolutely thrilled to welcome Andrew George. He is the Senior Vice President of Live Events and Operations for Tomorrow Sports. Um, if you, He started his career as an intern um, at the Honda Classic and rose through the ranks to become its Executive Director. And I know that that's how many of you know him. He recently took a, a leap to join Tomorrow Sports, a new innovative league um, called TGL, which is a new golf league co-founded by Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy. So I'm excited to have Andrew here. Andrew, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for uh, having me on here. Yeah, we're talking about, you know, th in the office, the Honda Classic and, and 42 years there. So it's a change for me, too, just talking about my own title. But I'm excited to, to kind of dive into this new venture and stay in sports and stay in Palm Beach North, of course. Well, thank you, Andrew. Andrew, let, let's start with you, right? I, wanna, I want people to get to know you a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about your early influences. Going back as a kid, like what really got you into golf? What influenced you to, to be into golf the way that you are now? Yeah, I think, you know, from earliest age, thinking about, um, you know, sitting there with my dad and he's got the radio, listening to Iowa Hawkeye football games or basketball games, and then going out in the yard or in the snow and kind of drawing out either in chalk or with my footprint, you know, a football field or a basketball court. Um, and then, and then as I grew going into, you know, different camps in the summer and kind of watching how things were put together, I always had this kind of interest in, in how the background of, of building out these different camps went together. And, um, you know, as I, I got into high school, Tiger Woods came on the scene. You think back to what he did as an amateur, um, that was, you know, I just was glued to the TV and, you know, you kind of fast forward to, to the opportunity to be in golf and kind of see him in that live setting when he first came to the Honda Classic, a uh, really special moment. But, you know, I just from from the earliest age, it was all about sports and it was all about kind of how we plan those. I had the chance to, to build a basketball camp in my own town back home in Iowa, um, you know, my first foray into it. And I just absolutely loved it. And, you know, the rest is history. So you mentioned your dad. Tell me a little bit about your father. Is, is he a golfer? Uh, he's as, as good of a golfer as, as the rest of us would be and that he's, you know, can keep it going down the fairway a little bit. He doesn't play much anymore. Um, he was a doctor, family practice, practice doctor. My mom was a teacher, um, small town, right? So you kind of knew everyone and, and waved at everyone around the corner. Um, 
But those were some of the special memories growing up. We had a nine-hole course. Every hole was, of course, in Iowa, just flat. You went down 400 yards and back 300 yards the other way. Um, but so many cool conversations I'd have with my brothers, um, with my dad. And then, um, you know, as I, I grew into this role here, you kind of take a lot of those different um, aspects of what relationship building is you know, from a sales perspective, from an operations perspective. Uh, golf is at the center of all of that. Well, let's talk a little bit more about family. You have an absolutely gorgeous family. Your wife is absolutely lovely. I've been fortunate enough to spend some time with her and you guys out at a lot of events in the community. Tell us about your family. Tell us about your kids. Yes, my wife is the the best part of our family. She is the rock. And, Better say uh, that. <laughs> no, I absolutely. You know, I came down, you mentioned the internship. And so my first month on the job, Ken Kennerly and Ed McEnroe hire me. And I'm like, I am going to focus on growing my career and, and all things job. And I'm not going to look for you know, the relationships that I'm going to go out and meet new people. And of course, right away, I met her at a Santa con downtown in West Palm beach, uh, of all places. We got on the same kickball team and, and just kind of grew to, I mean, we, we couldn't stop laughing at each other. Um, and, and now, you know, 10, 12 years later with the, uh, the three kids that we have eight, six, and three, there's a lot of noise in the house. Um, I'm always appreciative, especially you think of that like time frame between January and March that, I kind of feel like I'm an absent father in some ways. Um, how she keeps everything together has been really special for us. Good, man. Good. All right. So let's, let's have some fun with this one. So yeah. you've probably gotten to play a lot of golf, gotten to experience a lot of really cool golf experiences. What, mm -hmm. what is your favorite golf memory? So professionally favorite golf memory is the the first time you know we had been working for a number of years on growing in this community the honda classic and what that meant to be kind of more than a golf tournament but at the center of it was this we, we had to try to get the local golfers and and you know ken had always kind of earmarked tiger woods and that experience the first time we were going to get him when he announced him at media day the emotion that we all had went back down to the office and just the phone started ringing off the hook um, but that first year was a special moment for me in kind of you know what was two three four years worth of hard work when he hit that eagle into 18 uh, my dad actually was a volunteer out down at 14 and he was texting me hey did he make the the, the eagle putt and by the time I could respond on text, he goes, "Never mind, I already heard the roar." So it was the it was still the loudest moment that that I've ever had at the Honda Classic, um, but it was just an appreciation for all the hard work that came before it, um, you know, to to see that come to fruition. And just the whole county, you know, talking about I was there, I was on 18, I got to see this moment was special for all of us. I could see it in your eyes, like a big you like glow when still you talk about it. that. Still yeah, hear that noise. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well. You mentioned his name a couple of times. So I, we've got to talk about Ken Kennerly, right? I know you started at the Honda Classic as an intern and moved all the way up as, uh, to become the executive director. So Ken Kennerly is someone that everyone knows in the community. He's been around a long time. So what's your relationship like with Ken Kennerly? Are you guys still close? Um, tell me a little bit about that. Ken is a special man and, and larger than life. You think about the marketing that he um, puts forth. He is always thinking about how to grow. Um, what I took from him, I think early on was, you know, what we did today is, is now the baseline and we're always going to continue to grow each and every year. And that was a special part of the tournament. But I came out of grad school um, at the, the height of the downturn of the economy and went from, you know, at UMass Amherst, they only have 10 people that go into the program everybody gets a job, no problem. We're going to place you wherever to, I hope you get an internship somewhere. And my two options were the Midwest, uh, with a, a college athletic conference. And when I went to visit and did the internship, 
it was, uh, or the air view, excuse me, it was snow and ice. And then I came down here and you had the palm trees and all of what Palm Beach North and Palm Beach County is. Pretty nice. Easy, uh, it's pretty easy nice. Easy decision. <laughs> uh, but, but Ken, uh, he gave me a ton of opportunity right off the bat. Um, you know, there was a team of five at the time. So I got to see the operations. I got to see the sales and the marketing and the community aspects, how he interacted and told the story. This is before you know, the Honda Classic was what it's today, the bear trap. I mean, these were the, the early days. You look at the photos and we just kind of laugh at how small that looked. Um, but but there's not a, a week or a day that doesn't go by that I don't think about some of those, you know, early um, mentor moments that he had for me. And he just took me on his wing. And so did Ed McEnroe. And that entire team was was very, very close. And it was special building something together. And, and now you look at it, you know, 15, 16 years later, the 200,000 fans out there. Um, that was that was Ken's vision from the very, very beginning. You guys still close? How often do you talk to him? Um, we'll do, he is an early riser. Uh, he texts, he always did text at three or four in the morning with his first thoughts of the day. And I'm kind of a late to bed, you know, try to get the kids to bed, do a little more work. So we did a lot of ships passing in the night, but, um, but probably every other day I'll get a, a text or a call from him just checking in. Yeah, good. That's good, man. So, all right. Life lessons in golf, you know, golf's often looked at as a game that really teaches you many in life lessons. So what life lessons have you learned from golf? Oh, that's a good question. Anger management. I don't. <laughs> oh boy. Um, you don't well, see I me think, on the golf course. Yeah, I, think, I think, you know, it's, it's a, it's an amazing game. And you think of some of the, the, you, you put some of those bad luck moments, you hit a drive right down the middle and you're in a divot or the wind pushes your ball, you know, through the fairway into a water hazard, how you persevere, how you adapt, how you be flexible. I mean, there's not a moment that you don't use those skills. Um, and then I think the other thing is that there's not one size fits all to, to how people can succeed. You know, there's in golf, you've got the long drive, you know, the bombers that can hit it down there, three, three fifty. you have the great putters, you have the iron players. There are different ways to succeed. And I think in business, there's that as well. Um, there's, there's always another pathway to, to finding out the answer to growing your business and, and moving forward. And I think that's something that, uh, that golf can, can relate it back into business side. That's a great answer. All right, let's, let's continue to have some fun with some of these questions. I want people to really get to know you. Dream golf round. You can play golf with anybody alive. Besides you? Besides me, you do uh, not want to play uh. golf with me. <laughs> as much as I love it, I'm not, you know, I'm not there. But dream golf round. Who's in your foursome? I'd probably, I would take four and I'd probably just drive the golf cart. And, uh, and, <laughs> so who are those four? All right. Uh, you know, people would probably gravitate towards golfers. Uh, you know, the Tigers and the Arnold Palmers and the Jack Nicklauses, very, very special in their own right. Um, because we spent a lot of time around them, I'd probably lean towards like any consortium of, of presidents or, or, you know, business leaders. I'm always curious and fascinated on how, they make their decisions, how they lead their teams, um, how they communicate. And so, um, you know, from the list of presidents over the years, put four of those together. I'll drive the golf cart and just listen to those guys banter back and forth. I love it. Love it. Love it. What are you doing in, in golf when you, I mean, golf's your life. I mean, you probably eat, sleep, drink golf, right? So what do you do when you're not in the golf world where well, you're not, not working. I'm not playing as much. I used to play all the time. Like I mentioned, going up, going through high school, you're playing three or four rounds, you know, every summer day you could. Um, I very rarely play now. I think that's something everyone goes, oh, you must be a good golfer. You must know the golfers. Um, when I want to, when I've got an off day, it's to get away from the golf course. I mean, we're in so much of this kind of fast paced, um, ever changing landscape. A day for me, um, 
away to, from the golf course would be with my wife and kids. And it doesn't matter what we're doing. It could be building the puzzle. It could be, you know, just running around the backyard. Um, that is, that is something that, uh, those moments, I feel like every time I come home, kids are getting bigger, they got more opinions, <laughs> they're, they're moving on to the next thing. And I, uh, I enjoy those quiet moments in between all the chaos that, that we have in a daily basis. So you've had, you talk about your family, right? And you've had a very demanding, you have a very demanding job, mm -hmm. right? You work a lot of late nights, you're up early mornings, especially when the tournament was going on. And I'm sure you're going to have some really, really late nights with TGL, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but how do you manage your work-life balance? How do you do that? I think that's a, a really hard thing. You know, people talk about work-life balance and they want to put it in buckets of, you know, 50% personal, 50% work. And, and for anyone, you know, like yourself, you, you, all of the, the best of this county, look at all the leaders, to be 100% of everything is really, really hard. And so um, I've always tried to look at it in seasons. So the season of the golf tournament coming up in, in late February, um, we would have a lot of conversation around what January, February, March was going to look like. And make sure that you're making up for that in March or in April and June and July. And, 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 you know, when you get a vacation, you know, take advantage of that. And I think the other part that I really struggled with early on was being hundred percent in front of what I was in front of. Um, you know, if you're at the office, you might still be thinking about something with the kids. Um, if you're at home and, and we're having a conversation about the day in the life of, of my son, Evan at, at preschool, um, still thinking in the background, like, how do we build the bear trap a little differently? How do I, how do I grow this, uh, this, this fan fest that we, we built? Um, so I've really tried to put a lot of emphasis on being a hundred percent of where you are, knowing that, you know, in a, any month you're not going to be 50, 50 split. You're just going to have to give your best effort and, and try to be the best you can be for each side. All right. Let's talk about your career a little bit. I mentioned earlier that you started off as an intern um, and then ended up becoming the executive director, which is a great, great story. What were some of the key milestones and challenges that you faced along the way? So, yeah, the internship, the, the best thing that happened was I was the only intern and we had five people. And you think of, and nothing against the other professional sports teams that we have down here, Miami Dolphins, Miami Heat, um, it, the, the silo effect that you might get in an internship there where you are just marketing, you are just game day ops. I didn't have that. So I got to experience all sides and really understand and learn the, the things that I enjoyed. Um, as I grew into the roles, I had a great support system with Ken, with Ed, with, with others that had come before me. As soon as I was ready for the next step, I remember three or four times um, saying like, okay, I've kind of mastered, if you will, this part of the business, what's next? someone would either always leave or an opportunity would open up. And I was able to jump from community relations to sales, sales, uh, Tiger Woods made me look a lot smarter than, than we were on the sales side because it wasn't <laughs> us calling people. They were calling us Helps. and, and then, um, and then taking over the operations. I remember Ed coming and saying, Hey, do you want to, um, to take on this opportunity? I had no idea even what permitting looked like with the city and the relationship, um, that, that we would have to have there, the, hundred plus vendors. Um, but being able to kind of figure out all parts of the business by the time I became the tournament director, I had a pretty unique perspective on what, you know, empathy looked like for the operations director and the sales team and the community relations. And I think that helped, you know, ease me into a role that I, I was certainly not qualified to, to lead a team of that magnitude, um, that early. Uh, but all the experiences that came before it 
helped. And, you know, again, with someone like a Ken Kennelly along the way, just being there to, you know, course correct if he needed to and do it in the way that he does it is, is been special. So uh, things change, right? Opportunities come your way and, and you've recently taken on a, an amazing opportunity to work with Tomorrow Sports. Um, for a lot of people that don't know who Tomorrow Sports is and TGL, can you tell us a little bit about that? What is Tomorrow Sports? What is TGL? Yeah, Tomorrow Sports, uh, Mike McCarley kind of born this vision um, coming through COVID. Uh, obviously, Tiger and Rory need no introduction, but I've heard this, of those guys. This is a yeah. This this the sports landscape is has changed uh, forever. I think the way that that consumers are are taking in sports or any. Uh, media product has changed a lot. And so being able to utilize all of the different tech that's out there, um, but doing it in a way that you're going to showcase the best of these PGA Tour pros through the TGL uh, League, which will be a season where we're going to have six teams playing in match play format against each other and different, you know, modern match play where you have uh, three on three matches, there's going to be a singles component, but doing it in a venue with all the technology the rotation of the green complex, um, you know, the, the the screen is not a simulator that you'd be used to in your backyard. This is an IMAX type theater. Um, having those kind of, of collectives come together between technology and sport and media uh, is is what they're trying to, to promote and kind of take a different view and different lens for the consumer into what is a traditional sport. I mean, golf hasn't in many ways changed in 60, 80, 100 years um, we're taking the best of the traditional game and bringing it into the modern era. So walk me through that. What does that look like? So it, it it's going to be on Monday nights, right? Is that is it the plan still for it to be on a Monday nights after Monday night football and that Monday night football kind of kind of I would call it a Monday Tuesday night league now. Okay, um, trying to fit in the right windows um, between January and March. Uh, this being prime time, you think of uh, and I love sitting on a couch and, and watching some of the PJ Tour events all weekend. Uh, try to get my son into that. So I got an excuse to stay on there. But um, again, the consumer behaviors have changed. And so kind of bringing together a bit of a, uh, a smaller condensed version in prime time of the sport with the Tiger Woods, with the Rory McIlroy, with the Ricky Fowler, highlighting how great they really are in the short game area, how, how great a putter they are. Um, that, that's what this is going to build on. And as you think about kind of what we're trying to do and bringing new fans to the game, doing it in a smaller window, having them understand and learn the players and then have them go back to a PGA Tour event like what we've got just down the street on PGA Boulevard is, is what we're trying to do. So they'll be mic'd up. You'll be able to hear their conversations. They're going to be paired up with other PGA Tour members, right? Um, in And it's going to all be live, right? Live too? Live, live. Yep. Mic those guys up. Um, some are better at trash talk. I'm sure you can. Oh my God, I can only imagine. Uh, but but seeing them in their element in in you know that competitive juice that starts. It doesn't matter if they're playing ping pong uh, or or driving down PJ Boulevard. It's it's all about um, the competitive juices that they get going. And I think that's what's going to be fantastic to watch in what is it an oversized media production studio. I mean, it's an arena, but this is the most technologically advanced uh, media production studio that you could have and capturing those guys every moment is going to be awesome. So this is launching 2025, January, 2025. Um, it's going to be right here in Palm Beach gardens, right on Palm Beach state college's campus. What are some of specific goals for this league between now and then? And how do you really envision TGL to impact the golf landscape? So from, if you take it from the lens of my role, um, it's a lot of the same things that we would look at at the, the Honda Classic. How are you, from the time they get out of the car, the fans 
journey the fans experience through to the match and and on the back end, you know, back home, how does that become the most elevated version of a live event that you possibly going to have? Um, they're going to be steps away from the greatest that's ever played this golf game, um, you know, and showcasing their talents. Um, we want everything to be as premium as it possibly can. And then, you know, again, trying to find new audiences that might otherwise not be watching um, in the middle of a Sunday afternoon, but they're going to catch this on prime time, learn a little bit more about the players and, and then come out to what was the Honda classic. Uh, we want to be very synergistic. I think in the way that we, uh, promote the game tied into the PJ Tour. Of course, they're a big partner of of TGL and Tomorrow Sports as well. So there are a lot of challenges in running events. Like we we do a lot of events at the Chamber, and there's always something. You're always putting out fires, right? I say that you know our job is to put out fires, basically. And you know this is going to be 15 weeks, right? The the TGL is going to be a 15 week event, basically. Uh, versus, you know, a four-day event like the Honda Classic. So what do you think the differences are going to be and what are you doing to prepare yourself for that? So one of the challenges, I think, for me at the Honda Classic was always hearing on a Tuesday after the, the week that was, you know, oh, this was a challenge or a problem or you missed on this food and beverage mark, you missed on this transportation mark. And I'm always, was, you, you wish you could hear it in the moment um, because you had 365 days to have to think about that and fix it for the next year. And so... What I'm excited about when you look at a season and TGL, you know, being in that you know, 12 to 15 week window is that every week there's an opportunity to get better uh, from the last. And my hope is that by the end of season one, we've perfected a lot of the things that otherwise might take years at the Honda Classic because they're always kind of taking the data from the previous year. Um, again, all the, the feedback, if there's something on a, on a Sunday afternoon that goes awry, I wouldn't be able to do anything about it until the, the following year. Now I've got seven days, we can fix it, we can tweak it, make it better. Um, you know, we're going to have a lot of real-time data that we otherwise wouldn't have gotten previously. That's going to be awesome. So talk to me about community and economic impact. That's important to us yeah. at the chamber. It's important to our community. You know, uh, we, I, I, I believe the economic impact of the Honda Classic or the Classic of the Palm Beaches. Do you remember that number? I'm sure you do. About you know, 80 million. $80 yeah. million dollar economic impact. So how is TGL? And tomorrow, sports going to impact Palm Beach Gardens, the county, the region. Yeah, that was. Um, you think of 15 years with the tournament. One of the reasons that I I stayed as long as I did was because of the impact, because of the relationships with with people here in Palm Beach North. How special this community is, and and being able to showcase all of the best beyond golf, the beaches, the restaurants, the art, the culture, um, to the rest of the the country and to the world. And so I think similarly when you think of got six teams coming from San Francisco and LA and New York and Boston and Atlanta. And then right here in our backyard with Jupiter, um, fans of those teams coming into the marketplace. And it's not just going to be for the match. We want to make sure that we are, you know, the, the weekend before we have opportunities for them to experience all the best of Palm Beach County and Palm Beach North, um, the, the impact to the restaurants and, you know, can we create some fandom around, you know, some official bars and restaurants that, that become the pre-match locations for these teams to go to the hotels. I mean, we're not, not just a one week event, you know, coinciding with what was the Honda classic coinciding with spring, spring, uh, training, you know, right up the road, polo, all of those different special events that happen in that season. How do we continue to, to kind of grow the pie? And I think that's something that, you know, We've, we've been working on for the last, you know, three or four months, and now we'll continue to uh, make sure that we have, uh, you know, an opportunity for everybody to experience what we know is a great, great place to live and play and work. 
We've touched on this a little bit, right? I think you said golf hasn't changed in forever, right? It's been the same thing forever and ever. And it, it's recently, I feel like since COVID-19, golf's taken off. Like everybody wants to play golf. Everybody's buying a set of clubs. You drive down the street, people are chipping balls in their front yard. People have got, you know, their, their tee boxes, not tee boxes, putting greens on their backyards. So what does the future of golf look like? And even the future for golf of golf tournaments moving forward? It's a great question. Um, when you think about it first from the tournament side, I, I don't know that format changes much going forward. I think there's still you know, some traditional elements that are going to stay, but how, how operators, how we showcase the talent of those players, how we become more immersive in the experiences. I think long are the days of, of hospitality partners taking on 80 tickets and just kind of flooding the market and, and calling it a day. There are so many, um, more customized, intimate, can't buy experiences that are going to come down the pike. And then for those, you know, because of what we're doing with TGL to, to kind of broadcast this out, um, you know, how do we, how do we draw the fans in to make them feel the energy that's going to be in that arena? You know, it's only 1600, 2000 seats in total. Um, but we need that energy to kind of replicate onto the TV and then, and then bring those fans in different ways, you know, whether it's VR, whether it is, um, showcasing with the different camera angles, um, you know, all of the special elements that are going to make this thing, you know, a great, great season through TGL. Look, you, you've had a pretty good career for a young guy. I mean, you're younger than me. You've, you've, you're pretty accomplished already in the world of sports, right? You've done some really good stuff, especially for us here in our community, what are you most proud of? Oh, and I appreciate you saying that. And again, we, we talk a lot about the bald spots <laughs> growing in the back here. Um, Why'd you bring, I would not have brought that up. <laughs> I, it's, it's in the household. Now my eight-year-old saying it to me. He goes, we got oh, no yeah, camera angle up there. Yeah. No one would know. I appreciate that. There's no shine on the back <laughs> here. I, um, yeah, I, I got really lucky early on in my career to, to land where I did and to have the opportunities that I, I've had. But this is, there was a time where I used to say, you know, people say, where are you from? And I'd say, Iowa, um, you know, where did you go to school and Midwest or UMass Amherst? And then I don't know when it was, but it kind of changed. And I, I started talking about, no, I'm from, I'm from Palm Beach Gardens, Jupiter, you know, I'm from Palm Beach County. And, um, this is, this is where we've grown our roots. Um, I'm really proud of, you know, what we talked about early on was making more than a golf tournament for the Honda classic and making it the place to be, you know, before, uh, I remember a lot of conversations around, well, I don't like golf, so I'm not coming out and trying to explain to people, no, no, this is, this is not about just the golf. This is about the experience. This is about celebrating this community. I think I'm proud of, of how many dollars back into the local community through philanthropy, almost 70 million there, hundreds of thousands of kids that we started to, to learn the, the stories of. And then this community really embraced, I mean, through, through COVID, through all of the other challenges we've had in the, in the sport of golf, um, nothing changed here because this community bought in. And and I don't. I was a very small piece of this. I think that was people like yourself um, telling the story. It was people like Ken Kennerly. It's people like Ron Ferris in this city, um, Kelly Smallridge. You know, the, the list goes on and on. But proud of what we've kind of built to make this thing way more than a golf tournament, which was always the conversation early on. What kind of advice would you give a, a young aspiring professional that wants to get into sports management? I would say um, 
look beyond kind of the glitz and glamour. You know, first it's kind of like find your why moments. They'll they'll find that through their internship. But I think a lot of people come in looking to to make a quick splash because of, um, you know, I want to be close to a Ricky Fowler, so I want to get into golf, or I want to run the Miami Dolphins because I'm a Dolphins fan, so I want to be the GM tomorrow. And I think I would say find experiences where you can learn the skills that are going to translate later on. And so sometimes, you know, when we looked at at resumes, a lot of times you'd be more attracted to somebody who was in minor league baseball. I think of what Mike Bauer is doing up there, the amount of, of impact you can have across different lines versus just a siloed effect in one area of the business. Um, I would, I would get as many immersive experiences and in, in internships there as you can. And then, and then be patient. I think sports is, whether it's from a salary perspective or from kind of an upward mobility, sometimes you feel like you're going sideways a few times before all of a sudden you kind of shoot out of that rocket and, um, going, there's, there's a big difference between a hundred percent of your job and a hundred and going 110, 120%, you know, doing that extra little piece that may not be in your job description. Um, that's, what's going to get noticed. Just keep doing your job and you're going to, you're going to have the opportunity later on. What about engaging the new generation? Like how do you engage the new generation, the younger folks to play golf, to get involved? Cause you know, sometimes people look at it as that's the old guy sport, mm -hmm. you know, like young kids are playing basketball, football, whatever they want to do, but how do we encourage them to play golf? Well, you know, hopefully through TGL, you know, getting these guys mic'd up, getting a little bit more, um, I think what Netflix has done through their series um, to kind of tell the story of the players what beyond. Great. Just, Great show, man. Being, being a golfer on, you know, with your head down, playing a, a sport very, very well. It's there is a human side to this that we need to tell more of the story on. I think other sometimes it could be intimidating. This is not an easy sport to learn or, or master. If anyone's ever mastered it, um, certainly not me. But the different areas that people are going into, I think pop stroke is a great example of you know people trying to find the entry points, drive drive shack or top golf. Um, how do we get a club in hand, get them excited about it, get them with their friends and making memories, and then they'll grow into the sport. But we, we, if we just rely on the traditional, you know, methods of, of you know, the the four hour, five hour round and eighteen holes, uh, we're going to lose a lot of the next generation, which is important to the future of the golf. You've always been like the master of. You've always impressed with me. Impressed me how you activate sponsorship deals, right? You've at the Honda Classic every. And the classic of the Palm Beaches, I gotta get, I gotta say that until they're <laughs> well, getting ready to announce the here, new yeah. name, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. But um, talk to me about what you think that's gonna look like for TGL, because that's gonna be some really cool stuff you're gonna be able to do there. Yeah, I mean, I, we were talking about just the changing in sponsorship in general, um, but the activation element and and how do you connect the fans that are coming in? There's gonna be a lot of hype and excitement from the minute they get out of the car. You know, how do we use the technology for new and innovative ways? And working with some of our biggest sponsors, SoFi, obviously um, naming the venue, you know, there's a lot of great ideas and kind of how you, from the minute you get out of your car to the the match to kind of the post round and, and post match effects, um, you know, things that you're going to talk about for a long, long time, things that, you know, it's not just another day at an event. This is, is I can't buy um, once in a lifetime experience. Um, that's the goal. That was, you know, certainly that's always been the goal, even at the, the Honda Classic was, you know, no matter what, if you were there as a, a family of five, you were there for business, you were there because you love the golf or you're just a socialite having a great time with your friends. 
you all walked away saying like, wow, this was an amazing day. And I think that's the goal here with TGL is that no matter how you interact with the product, you're going to walk away saying like, that was incredible and, and once in a lifetime. Is there anything that we haven't really touched on with TGL or tomorrow sports or, or, or in the golf world, something that I haven't thought about? No, I just, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, one of the reasons I made the move down the street was to stay engaged in, in Palm Beach and Earth and, and what you've done, what this chamber has done to, to grow. Um, the, I think people have spent a lot of dollars on leadership, uh, podcasts or events, you know, this podcast and the, the people that you've had on here have been incredible. I've learned a ton just every single week listening into there, uh, to the, to the different conversations and perspectives. Um, but I, I think, in this community, as we think about how do we, you know, people are still learning what TGL and what Tomorrow Sports is, um, being open to embracing this the same way that, that this community embraced the tournament for the PGA Tour. Um, there's going to be a lot of lot of things coming down the pike that I think we're going to be asking um, and special, special moments that are going to happen uh, and, and special ways for us to engage people from all over the country, all over the world that have maybe never been to Palm Beach North. Uh, let's get ready to showcase like we always do, you know, the best of, of all things in this community. Uh, we're good at that. We can show them a good time. That's for sure. Last question. I like to ask this question to all our guests, right? Um, cause it really gives you a good sense of who they are as a person. So what do you want your legacy to be? You've done some pretty cool stuff, but you know, when you're gone, what do you want people to say about Andrew George? I, I think yeah, the the impact that we've had in the community beyond just you know you, you can you have a job you have a career you know you, you run events um, doing the day job is one thing but the lasting impact I think we have on others whether it's connecting them I always always enjoyed hearing the conversations around um, you know in the bear trap there was the proposals that were happening um, there was there was a family that hadn't been together for a long time that would would come out and this was their chance to to have a, a moment away from you know chaos and challenge in their life um, the the military aspect and what that family of 10,000 people every single you know every single year come back together whether they were you know that was the one time a year that they had a had a chance to chat um, I'm very hopeful you know, through Tomorrow Sports and TGL, we're going to bring similar experiences, different ways of, of bringing the groups together, but the memory making, um, the impact to the community, I think that's still a, an important element for us is is making sure that um, that we're more than just, you know, a, a, you know, a show that's happening on Palm Beach State College, that we are impacting the students through Dr. Parker and what, what we have the opportunity to do there to impact future lives. Um, philanthropy is still a big part of this. Um, so a bit of rambling and, but I think of, there's a lot of faces and, and families and people that, that we've impacted over the years. I hope they would, they would take away that, um, you know, we made their lives better and, and in a positive way, kind of as they, they went forward with their own lives. Well, Andrew, you know, TGL tomorrow sports is really lucky to have you. And I think we couldn't be happier we're excited about this move for you. I think um, it's a great spot. And we know you're such a community guy, so we know it's going to be good for Palm Beach North. And just thank you for your leadership and everything you've done. Thank you for being here today. This was great. Hopefully our listeners got to learn a little bit more about you and a little bit, a lot about Tomorrow Sports and TGL because it's something that I brag about all the time. Like it's right here in our backyard in Palm Beach North. So thank you again, my man. Thank you to everyone that tuned in to listen to the show today. We could not do this without you and your support. 
Big, big thank you to our friends at Jupiter Medical Center for making this happen. And we look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. Thank you.